Ethan, what, what do you say we just we just roll with this thing? This is episode number 125, and there's no better time than now to start it, right? Yes, I think it, the recorders have been set, and we are live, so the wheels are everything's in motion. fair. Everything's fair game now, so absolutely. So we're live. I kind of want to. I kind of want to start this episode off with a rant too. Okay. Oh man, I mean, we're right to uh, it. Don't, don't ask I mean, me how been, I am. Don't you know? Yeah. Just, let's just get uh, into yeah. it. Yeah, I know how you are. We, I can tell we've been we've been festering a little bit here. I don't think I brought it up on the last. We bring up cookies on the last one, Chris. I know we did off <laughs> oh, camera. No, no, you you were upset about it, but off camera. Dude. So yeah, let's. Are you still mad about it? That was like a week ago. Of course, of course, I'm still mad about it. I have to okay. every time I want to do anything, I have to accept cookies now. I go on any any website, I have to like click through and accept all the I'm not the cookie monster over here, but I have to accept every cookie that is presented my way. And uh I don't know, man. It's just it's it's getting out of hand, you know? It's like you can't just watch a YouTube video with how to accepting the cookies that come with it. And I didn't know it was so important, but I guess that's how pages are making money you know they're just selling our data right well that's the thing nobody i mean they're, they're just cookies it's just it's a fact of life i mean i just want to know why they chose that name for them i mean they could have been yeah. anything they should have called them parasites or something i mean it's 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 like the um yeah well it's because everybody loves cookies that's why they did that yeah so it's, like, now, it's a good now, thing it's when they accept like a, them it's like a paywall like i mean you can't enter certain things without accepting like if you if you deny you, you don't have access well like it, it, and it, and if correct me if i'm wrong but it seems like it only used to be like the like the heavy shit that you would need to accept cookies now but like now for me to like log into pod to post this wet yeah it's, it's like well yeah. we have to use cookies uh like accept or be logged out like they don't really give you yeah. much of a choice anymore yeah, I want to look up a video on cookies so I can better understand it. Cause yeah, maybe we should. Uh, yeah. Maybe for episode one twenty six, we have a, a cookie expert. Come on, <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're due. We're due for a not grind episode. Speaking of Chris, what is your favorite cookie? Oh man, dude, it's impossible. I I love chocolate, like a good classic chocolate chip. Um, Same. Especially especially when they have like the not the chips but like the chunks in there a little bit, a couple different mm. kinds of chocolate. I mean, different textures for some heterogeneity in there. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan. Uh, any any like a good chocolate chip cookie, man. Pretty hard to yeah. eat. What about you? I feel like you're gonna have something like a something weird. I wish I did for this, but I'm a big chocolate chip cookie guy oh, yeah. myself. Yeah. I mean, you know, I guess like gingerbread cookies when the season comes around are really mm -hmm. solid. They get okay. they're pretty seasonal. Yeah. But no, I'm a I'm a cookie guy, cookie uh, chocolate chip with milk, you know, ice cream, you know, mm -hmm. ice cream in between two cookies. I mean, totally. Yeah, you know, that no, I, I have like to that's ask, really versatile. Were the um the cookies that we had at your house were they Carol's cookies? Mm -hmm. Which cookies are we talking about? <laughs> they were like the good remember. chocolate chip cookies that were at the house. Yeah, my mom. My mom always cooks. That's what. Yeah, that's one thing she, she bakes, bakes for fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's got I, some. I don't think I had. I don't think I had any. I, I, I had a few stuff. of them. I had them in the morning <laughs> with my coffee when we were still up. Heck yes. Oh yes. Very good. When you're falling asleep on the patio. <laughs> <laughs> I was pulling some late hours. I was learning to skate, dude. Oh my important. gosh. Was, yeah. You learned how to, you learned how to longboard that night. <laughs> I did learn how to longboard. That morning. Yes. Yeah. That morning. It was, it was important. So, um, but other do, than do the you cookies, feel, do, do you feel like your rant, like your thirst for ranting is, has been quenched, Ethan? Yeah, now, I mean, I, I could, I could go on. I'm just, I'm just really like sick of it and and hate. Like, I, I don't know how many times I would have to say it to you know, because that's pretty much the end of my rant. I'm just like, I'm sick of it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just too much. It's too I'm much. Fed up. Getting, yeah, I'm fed up. I'm done. So it's just stupid. It just it makes me mad because I think that's how it's going to be forever. It's never, you know. The, oh yeah, the, it's never. The question's never, never going to stop. Yeah, man. Yeah, and it, so, it's like they ask me every time. Exactly. Anyway, Answers How are you today, be. Chris? I'm I'm doing all right. I've I've had a pretty pretty fun week. Uh, we're recording on a Friday once again. Um, I am once again, as usual, recording from Providence, Rhode Island. But Ethan, you have moved on from Lithuania. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's uh, let's hear where where are you at right now? Because I don't specifically know. I know what country <laughs> you're in. I just don't know where you are. <laughs> I am a little. I'm in Oslo, Norway, okay, the capital so you of Norway. Are in Oslo. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm like. Um, I don't know, three miles from center city north. Uh, nice. and it's in Nord, 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 I think is the, the town, like the area I'm in. So yeah, but very close to downtown. I can take a, a train in or a bus Sweet. in no problem. 
Awesome. And yeah, I'm here for, you know, it's a Friday. So I compete tomorrow and then I'll fly home on Sunday, I believe, unless I move my flight, but there's talks about moving it, but I'll be home for in Alabama for a week. And then I think I'm going to try to get back to Pennsylvania for a month or so. So nice, uh, man. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. I mean, a lot of, tra- a lot of travel, but I think at back home waiting for me is the potential moving of, of apartments, which is just oh, no. horrible, horrible oh, yearly my tradition. Gosh. Ouch. <laughs> yes. Yeah, dude. I had filled out an application the other day. I think we got someone else picked it up before us. I think they were just out to get our application fee naturally. Yeah. Um, people. So exactly. So um, other than that kind of looming and a few, you know, there's always things looming, especially when you don't feel very connected. You're just like, man, I feel like I need, you know, and, and the fact that I haven't made money in a while, <clears throat> yeah. you know, straight up that is. So yeah. Other than, other than that, um, this has been really good. I think I told you off camera, like this is, this is the third week I've been out here. Right. Yeah, you've and, been uh, here a little bit now. Been here for a while, so I've adjusted pretty well. In the first two weeks, we had there's a lot of travel and uh, moving and, and you know, the jet lag and all this. And now, you know, the third week, you know, I'm kind of settled. We're out here, just me and Brett. And uh, you know, it's been raining actually most of the week. It's kind of a, a bad week to be out here, but it's kind of nice because we've just been drinking coffee at the house and and doing you know not doing all that much, just training and hanging out and just kind of catching up on some rest and. We had a yeah. beautiful view from where we're staying. So we haven't done too much um, exploring, which is fine because we'll, we'll ha- it gives us a reason to come back. But um, it's mm-hmm. nice to kind of end the, the travel with like a, not just running around all the time. So it feels, yeah. it's okay. I'm, I'm all right with it. That's awesome. Yeah. Sometimes that singularity of focus can be refreshing. Um, so I'm glad yeah. that you're kind of zeroing in on, on, on a couple of I brought some books. So I've, I've barely read them. Uh, hey, so <laughs> all right we don't need to read but the thought that counts yeah we just need to read off of wikipedia so that's but i'm doing good doing. i'm doing awesome. good i'm ready for i'm ready Bye. for this podcast to uh to take, take its course you know as they say <laughs> yeah all things must then, pass ethan yeah then we'll be free hopefully the audio comes in well yeah. uh so if you're out there listening thank you again for checking in with the grunge bible podcast uh you know, some people take breaks during the summer for vacations, for this and that. I mean, a lot, <laughs> yeah. a lot you, of people You listen to these podcasts, Ethan, sometimes like, hey, the, just an update, like I'm going on vacation, like I'm not going to be around for August, so I'm just going to yeah. re-upload old ones or I'm going to take a break. I mean, we don't we do not do that. We, we don't yeah. take breaks here. Me and Chris talked about it and uh, we just physically couldn't do it. <laughs> like, it would be easy for us, but we'd be letting ourselves down to everybody else. And and it probably is not true. I'm sure you guys wouldn't care, but, uh, for some reason we <laughs> I'd like do to not think some of them would care. Oh yeah. Of course. Some of them would care, but at the same, the grand the same scheme, time, life, no. life goes on. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so we're Not doing our break. best to, to bring out some good stuff and, and it, it works out because, um, we, we, uh, you went and saw a concert in the beginning of the week that we need to talk about. That's in the vein, a very important experience. Um, um so we're going to get into that, and then we're going to talk about a un, an unplugged session that never happened. That maybe we could speak some, I don't know, some imagination, yeah, you know, concert we're gonna, vibes. We're going to be builders today. We're going to build our own set uh, for Soundgarden yeah. Unplugged, the uh, only band of the big four that never did an unplugged show for MTV. So I think that'll be a fun exercise. And we did something, we've done that a, a couple of times in the past with different parameters i know we like built our own dream grunge set out of all the bands so this will be a good one and I, i've thought about it before in the past it'll be fun to kind of come together and and put our ideas but you know the first things first i got to talk about this queen's show but before i do that i do need to thank all of the individuals that support us um you know to help this podcast go so we can't take breaks you know because there's people who are paying paying for this show uh and most and there's a that, new one and there's a new one, yes. Which so means Ethan, we definitely had to do this podcast. Yeah, we had to do this one. So I, I haven't been keeping track, Ethan, but like we're, I think we're on our our longest hit streak ever for ringing the bell. Um, so we have a new member of the top tier supporters on Patreon. Uh, so I'd like to thank Pile of Punk for coming aboard. So I was chatting with Pile of Punk when they came on board. 
Um, and they said, uh, you know, thanks for all the content. I was raised on a diet of grunge as a kid growing up in the 90s, but only just discovered your podcast. And I'm enjoying reliving it through you guys in your catalog of episodes, including the trauma of the first time watching the video for Black Hole Sun. Um, so what I love about Pile of Punk right here is they said, you know, they're going back because they just recently discovered us. That's great that we're, you know, even now still we're reaching new people. Um, but Pile of Punk immediately discovers our, our show starts listening back into the archives and while they're doing that they choose to become a top tier supporter on patreon so i mean yeah. that checks off all of the boxes um you know for getting some skin in the game so thank you pile of punk for your choice to support us um you know if you're just discovering us now we've got you know over two years of episodes for you to go back and listen to and you know we've got a lot more coming down because we don't take breaks two every years. single week we're gonna be here two years man that's crazy i thought maybe pile of punk would say that they could uh, relate to the shocking disappointment of singles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think a lot but of people sound- can. Maybe they can. I don't. We'll have to ask. We'll have to connect with yeah. Pile of Punk again. But Pile of Punk joins a stellar crew of top tier supporters on Patreon. Uh, and at this time, I would like to thank them. I would like to thank Carlene Salona, Jade Mercado, Alexis Shannon, Marianne, Blue Owl, Fuck Soup, Jamie Lynn, Laura and Irene. Rachel Corning, Millie, Doug Endy, What the Fuck's Up, Denny's, Black Hole Sean, Chris LSMS, Nikki Six, Kara K, Captain Hightop, Alex Long, Fresh Tendonitis, Seattle 4 Fanboy from New Jersey, Faith Bittner, Eddie Vetter Got Me Through My Second Divorce, Brother Nature, Granny Grunge, Keith White, Corden Stewart, Julie Van Siever, Epona, Sherry Matthews, D-Boat, Gochu John, and Eric R. Berry. So thank you all once again, as we do every week, I'd like got to give thanks sometimes. And Ethan, I had the thought at the top of the episode. Um, I was thinking to myself, I was like, I want to get through an episode of the Grunge Bible podcast without cussing. Like, I'm, I'm just not going to swear for a whole episode. But I fundamentally Do can't, oh, can't. I can't do it because fuck soup right. and what the fuck's up, Denny's. So, I mean, at this point, I've already said a couple of swears. So, you know, all bets are off at this point. Yep. And, and Fred, the words of Fred Durst, if you say fuck one more time. This motherfucking song. That'd be 48 fucks in this fucked up song or something. Exactly. You're exactly right. Oh, <clears throat> yep, it's not possible. So, no, it's not um, possible at all. If the parents are listening, I don't know what to say. My condolences. Um, we, we have to swear. It's in the people's names. Sometimes. Yeah. So, uh, you came to, so we obviously are in summer mode. So, we're coming up with some different topics. And you came up with this idea to use uh, Soundgarden to create a an unplugged set and you wanted to put it in the time of uh, 94 when, when all this was going on rather than just using the whole catalog. So I really enjoyed um, just using the two albums, uh, Bad Motor Finger and Super Unknown for this. And uh, and the older stuff from the 80s. Can't forget true. about Louder and Love. Did you? Did Ultra you pick, Mega, okay. Did you well, I mean, you'll have to wait and see we'll what see. my list is if I included some older ones. <clears throat> yeah, so when you were... when. Did that help with your decisions, Chris? Were you thinking, were you trying to like pick like time frame, like what, like how did you go about kind of like thinking about yeah, this process? Yeah, so, so the, the way, the way where I placed them in time, like we said, 94, so right after, um, right after Super, Super Unknown had come out. So um, I think that was a good point because, you know, 94, 95, 90, 92, 93, obviously as well, kind of like the, the sweet spot of the unplugged eras, obviously. I mean, you had Pearl Jam in 92. Um, I think STP and uh, Nirvana were both in 93 and Alice in Chains would come on later in 96. But um, I felt like this was a really good point. And also just from like the construction of our sets, um, I'm glad that Down on the Upside is not a part of this just because there's a lot of acoustic influence in that album already. Um, so I think this is a good opportunity where we could take a lot of their maybe heavier songs and and put them out there and just kind of think about and hypothesize what it would sound like in an unplugged setting. So I kind of approached <laughs> it like, you know, they shot MTV Unplugged hypothetically um, during the album cycle of Super Unknown. Like it's out, you know, so they're going to want to play some of their songs from Super Unknown. Maybe they play the hits, maybe they don't. Maybe it's a little too early to see which ones have solidified themselves. Um, so that's kind of the approach that I took. Did you take a similar approach with this? Yeah, um, absolutely. Really similar. I'm kind of looking and I mean, honestly, yeah, kind of picking like what they probably, yeah, exactly. They probably want to play a lot of their stuff that's coming out, kind of unreleased stuff. Because um, right. we got that with some of the other bands with Alice and 
um, some different songs that were made just for this or covered just for the, the set list, like Nirvana and stuff, some special edition stuff, you know, it's, it's supposed to be special, you know, I mean, it's a one-time thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I picked them, um, I picked primarily from um, BMF and Super Unknown and then one from Ultra Mega, basically. Okay. Uh, did you did you have did you use all four then? Did you use yeah? Some I, of the I did stuff? something similarly. It was uh, I think uh, Super Unknown has the most representatives, just in the in the vein of it being the most recent yeah. album. If if this were to have happened in '94, um, I have some Bad Motor Finger, and I also have something from Louder Than Love as well. Um, so Perfect. you know something something from a little bit older. But you know, selfishly, if they were to have done an unplugged, I'd want them to almost exclusively live in the world of Bad Motor Finger and Super Unknown. Um, so yeah. my set list I only picked two that. songs from, I only picked two songs from bad motor finger. I did. Right. I mean, I, I was thinking like, I mean, of course, so we love Soundgarden for BMF and all that stuff to do, how heavy it is. And so you have to be able to listen to it and, and figure out how they would do it like acoustic unplugged. And that's a challenge mm-hmm. sometimes. It's a few songs that can go really well, but I didn't want to like push it. Like I would love to hear Jesus Christ pose but like i couldn't i couldn't really imagine or like a 15 minute acoustic jam of slaves yeah. and bulldozers <laughs> yeah like i, I don't know I, I was hard for me to kind of so i didn't put them on the list even though like i wanted to do something like that yeah um but yeah and i picked like five five from uh super unknown which awesome. they all should be on there i think i mean obviously like black hole sun's gonna be on there and i think that would you know that's would be an un like if that happened if they had an unplugged session from 94 and they played that and that was one of the first times that anybody heard it um that would be the lasting memory from this band probably rather than the music video or something like that like that would be really iconic uh today it would have to be right yeah well and the crazy thing too is is you would have the juxtaposition at the time with what black hole sun the black hole sun that everybody knows from the music video and from the album um you know juxtaposed against an acoustic version because um Chris Cornell wasn't playing solo acoustic shows in 94 and 95 in, in that era. Right. Um, and a lot of, you know, Black Hole Sun acoustic has become, you know, a mainstay, I think, in a lot of people's uh, listening rotations. But all those versions and those performances didn't come until much later. So, I mean, Soundgarden acoustic, that wasn't really a thing at this time. So um, right. it's a really cool opportunity, you know, if this were to have happened to, you know, present a lot of these songs in a fresh light. Um I certainly had a lot of fun putting my list together. Um, and, it, and looking back, you know, it would have been, I, I would have, I would be really excited if, if somewhere in an alternate universe, this existed and I would be able to hear my set list, uh, in an unplugged setting. So what, what's your opener? So how do you want to do this? Do we want to do, I'll, I'll go one through seven for me and you go one through seven, or do we just trade songs? Oh, um, it might make sense. I think. To- do them all so we don't i mean because yeah. like you're gonna in totality for the continuity have, of the list we're, and we're gonna have repeats so like right you know yeah, so it, it would be it would be weird if you know open up with my closer and then i'd be like oh that's mm-hmm. my last one so you yeah. i guess you go you do your seven first yep that's I'm, gonna, fine. I'm gonna do i'm gonna do my my seven first so leading off um I went with Let Me Drown from Super Unknown, which is the lead track for Super Unknown. So I felt like in the time period, uh, you know, a lot of people are picking up their Super Unknown CDs. The first song that they'll hear from it when they when they put that CD in is Let Me Drown. Um, So I think that would be a really cool, uh, a cool song to open with just a little continuity. And it reminds you of the album, which at that time would have been the most recent album. Um, So I think Let Me Drown is a really cool place to start. And I think it it, it could definitely lend itself to. to an acoustic setting. I think for me, the hardest thing, the thing that would have been the most difficult for the band to translate to unplugged in acoustic guitars would be a lot of Kim Thiles solos and, and a lot of Chris Cornell's lead guitar work as well. Um, like the solo and let me drown, like, and just the way that Kim plays, like I I'd kill to hear, <laughs> to hear him try to play some of this stuff acoustically or rework it. So it would work in an acoustic setting because all of those bursts and, the effects that they use and just kind of how like a lot of the solos just kind of stab through the song. Uh, and and it starts with let me drown. So it would have been really interesting to kind of hear that. So we're starting with let me drown. Um, and then we're going back, we're going back to bad boner finger for the second song. Um, so my second song after let me drown, we're going to roll into some holy water. Um, so I, I, I kind of took the approach where there's a few songs in here that might not have been the most popular, uh, and it might not have been what you would have expected, but I think unplugged was a really cool setting to do things like that. Obviously Nirvana, most notably, um, 
you know, shied away from a lot of their hits. Uh, Pearl Jam did it a little bit too, although in 92, they didn't really have, you know, many albums to choose from. Obviously, 10 was the only album that was out. But I think back to, you know, they played Oceans and they covered Rockin' on the Free World uh, by Neil Young for their Unplugged. So I think that would be a good place to go. Um, so we're going to go with Holy Water. Um, and then for the third song, we're going back to Super Unknown. Uh, and I need to hear some Spoon Man Unplugged. Um, nice. I think, yeah, I I think... The way that the way the way that these bands, the, the the drummers in the bands played, um, you know, they played pretty loudly at Unplugged. I mean, I think about Dave Abruzis and Pearl Jam Unplugged was playing pretty loudly. I'd love to hear kind of the most prominent part of Spoon Man would just be Matt Cameron in the back. Uh, you know, we've got the acoustic guitars and the melody. I think is perfect for acoustic as well. Um, so that'd be my third song. Um, so kind of get into the middle right here. Um, I would no follow repeats yet. No repeats. That's good. So, and I don't think, I don't think this is a repeat for you either. So number four for me, um, we're going back to louder than love and we're hitting hands all over. Um, I, I don't really know how that one would work, but I'd love to hear it. Um, and it's always interesting because the, the instruments are going to be softer, right? Because they're not plugged in. And Chris Cornell's voice is just so loud. And yeah, a big observation right there that an acoustic guitar isn't as loud as an electric guitar. It's like um, when I asked you if there are any repeats, you said no. I thought you took it. It's like you haven't repeated any songs yet. <laughs> yeah, like, my, so they're going to be Spoon Man seven times twice. in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that would have been uh, okay. that would have been interesting. Uh, but no, hands all over. I think that hands just the over, vocal nice. play between Chris Cornell's voice over the top of it, and he has even more room to get over the top of it because the instruments aren't plugged in. Um, I still think in '94 he's, he'd be able to hammer something like that as he did. Um, so number five, I went back and forth. Um, I'll tell you what I chose, and then I'll tell you what I was thinking about as well. Um, I went back, and and I chose for the fifth song. I chose "Mind Riot," um, just because mm. middle of the set we're kind of we're kind of coming down the mountain a little bit, and "Mind Riot" was a little bit more of a subdued song, particularly when they used to play it live. Um, for most of the song, when they played it live in the Bad Motor Finger era, it would basically just be one guitar and Chris Cornell singing with you know just sparse accompaniment from matt on drums um so i think they could have taken that direction and it would the, it would have lent itself really well to this setting the one that i was on the fence about including and I'm, I'm having a little bit of buyer's remorse here um i was thinking about if they did their cover of smokestack lightning uh which i think was on ultra mega okay but so they reworked it a little bit for ultra mega okay um you know kind of uh in a different way than what was known you know in the traditional blues version of that song smokestack lightning howling wolf um i think it would be really cool if instead of how they did it they did it how howling wolf did it for unplugged i think that would be really cool get uh, a little bluesy in there um, i haven't seen that yeah. A little bit more of a, like a swingy drum there with the blues. Um, I, yeah, I think that would have been a cool one, but I committed to mine riot. So it's going to be mine riot, but we're just going to place <clears> that <throat> thought out there in the world and, and see how people think about it. Um, so mine riot, like I said, I would presume for unplugged a little bit more subdued. And then we're going to roll into the sixth song, the penultimate song uh, with like suicide uh, from super unknown. Um, and this one, I think on one of the reissues, the deluxe version of Super Unknown, there was an acoustic version of Like Suicide that came out, I think for the 25th anniversary or whenever they did it. Um, it's really, really good. Um, so that kind of, you know, hear, having heard that on the reissue, it, it brought my mind back to it. So I'm going with that one. But, you know, so five and six, a little bit, a little bit softer, especially after Spoon Man and Hands All Over. Uh, and then I end, as you could probably expect me to end, uh, with searching with my good eye closed, um, I, oh, this song yeah. needed to be, this song needed to be in there, and I I think it's in drop D, and and you can play drop D acoustic, and it can still sound really really heavy, um, and I think I just think that would be awesome. Uh, I love that song, ah, and they could, they could kind of play it out a little bit at the end, uh, you know, and just uh, you know add a little bit of that jammy aspect to it, which Soundgarden was so good at, um, and it was kind of what I love about a song like Slaves and Bulldozers, how sometimes they would just draw it out to like 10, 15 minutes, maybe sample some other songs. Um, I didn't think the unplugged setting would be good for for a song like that. So I, I went with uh, one that I thought would be, uh, which is Searching With My Good Eye Closed. So in review, uh, my seven song hypothetical unplugged set from Soundgarden, they had done unplugged in 1994, would be Let Me Drown, Holy Water, Spoon Man, 
hands all over, mind riot, like suicide, and searching with my good eye closed. So that's what we did. Are there uh, any repeats on these lists? There were two. I have two. Okay. Um, there, there are only two, but I, I went that's, a different route. Good. Obviously, we we went we went very different. I went more, and then, and you know, thinking about it, like talking about it, like I haven't heard these songs that I know that they've played at a ton of their shows. Like I mean, we didn't get to see them. We've never seen them live. So right. there's songs I want to hear that um, they probably play at every show. Like, like I'm going to open up with the day I tried to live. Uh, oh yeah. And right. I mean, it's just like, I mean, and, and it would be an awesome, I think mean, it would be so good acoustic and we know this. And um, you know, I just, I want to be able to hear it, but uh, you went, you went and did a little bit, a few different songs that, um, you know, most people probably wouldn't pick. Um, from it but I'm, I'm i'm expecting that they want to use like a home run and i guess i'm using my knowledge of of what songs were hits like later down the yeah. road too well and that's why that's why i didn't, didn't choose didn't black use hole black sun hole. that's why i didn't yeah. use black hole sun because i figure at the time it's like well shit it's already all over mtv uh and i kind of went with the same nirvana vein like hell no i'm not playing teen spirit mm-hmm. like, i'm not playing my most yeah. popular song um so that's why i chose to omit black hole sun but um obviously that's good that makes a lot of sense yeah. And, and I'm not surprised. I feel like every time we do this exercise, Ethan, like we both take it in different directions, but and it's cool to kind of come back and, and, and kind of compare and contrast the two. So you're opening up, like you said, um, the day I tried to live. Yeah. And I think this would be, I mean, the opener is important. Uh, I had a few other ones that you know, potentially could be there and anything mm-hmm. could be there really. But, um, this one just made the most sense to me. Um, and I think second song going to go into a uh, mailman. I want to hear that one on, uh, I figured you're going to have mailman. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it would work really well. I think that it, I think Chris, I mean, I think Chris, they could figure out any of these songs acoustic. Yeah. That's the kind of the cool thing about this. Like mm-hmm. really could be, um, they're just so creative and so talented that, and, and that's one of the things I love about artists is you, sometimes you hear, you see a song that comes up and it's like acoustic version of, you know, some metal song or something. And you're like, how is this possible? And yeah. then they find a way to compose it and do it. And it's beautiful. And you never thought you'd hear it like that. So um, it would be really, really special to hear all these songs well, that way. And and that's the thing, because, you know, if, if I could call the shots and just tell the band, hey, this is the set list, I imagine there would be some different arrangements for these songs. And I think back to what STP did at their Unplugged um, with sex type thing, they, ch- they changed it into swing type thing, which was obviously very swingy. Uh, and they did something similar. They reworked Wicked Garden a little bit where during the interludes, I think in between the chorus and then the following verse, they kind of slowed it down a little bit. And Scott kind of did this little vocal thing. So I imagine with a lot of these, you know, you take a heavy song like um, like you said, um, you know, even with Day I Try to Live and especially Mailman, like who's to say, you know, they would arrange it in a little bit of a different way. Um uh, you know, that would have lended itself really good to this setting. Because I mean, I think about with Stone Temple Pilots, like sex type thing, like if they had played the album version of it just with acoustic guitars, like it, uh, it wouldn't have worked as well it as what they actually work. did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, and that's why I think they could pull off Jesus Christ pose, even though it's not on here. Um, oh, yeah, that would song, be cool. I know. Searching with my good eye closed, I also thought that should be on here. Like you said, they can kind of have some fun with that. And, um, another just a really it would just be really fun to see them do this like it would it would be a challenge but also you know they probably would nail it um and that's obviously one of my that's one of my favorite songs um fell on black days would be coming in number four uh obviously really solid song and it fits you know it's it's not um you know light in any way but i think it would obviously it's played really well acoustic and it yeah. It fits the vibe, so I think it would just be an incredible, incredible performance. And then, yeah, Black Hole Sun coming in. I think a little bit opposite. I, I think it has to be played. Uh, it's at the heart of the yeah. order. It's the power hitter. It's bad and clear. It is. <laughs> it's, it's number five. Yes, this yeah. this could be this could be the end, and then they come back for the last two songs. But uh, you know, I think that with it being, um, you know, potentially the first time that the world hears it, I think that's a cool opportunity, depending on when the concert falls. So that just seems like, like I said, it could be cemented in history if they knew what they had. Um, right. Did they I have, like w- was it, yeah, was it there, like, how much, in, did they know that was going to be, like, the, as big of a song as it was? I mean, I think it once, was one of... 
It was off to the races once the music video was released, music, obviously. Yeah. So I guess it would depend on, on at what point in 1994 this uh, this hypothetical it, unplugged set occurred. Yeah, <clears throat> because like we talked about before, I mean, it's really different than the stuff they the albums from before, and it's it's a much more psychedelic kind of song and stuff. So, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and people obviously enjoyed that. Um, I think uh, and number six, room a thousand years wide. Uh, did you put that? Did you have that one on your list? Was I did I'm, not have room a thousand years okay. wide. I had I had mind riot. Yeah, mind riot. Yeah. Um, which is funny. It, which is a, a wild pick. Not a wild pick, but that's a good one. Uh, yeah, room a thousand years wide. I think that that one and searching are the only two bad motor finger songs uh, on there. And okay. those are good um, picks. Again, I just thought I think that this one would just be really fun to hear. Hear uh, my camera. Uh, hear just hear the guy. Hear the bass. Um, ben Shepard, I think, feel like his baseline and and whatnot. And obviously, Chris, in every aspect for all these songs, uh, he can't get enough acoustic. Chris, um, see what he can do. And I had like suicide as my final song as well. I had nice. beyond the wheel. I was kind of going between the two of them potentially, mm-hmm. but I left off beyond. I think like suicide is a really good um, finisher. I think you had that right at the end of the set as well. Right? Yeah, it was, it was my second to last song exactly. Yeah. What was your last song? Sorry, mine was "Searching with My Good Eye Closed." I wanted to, I wanted to, okay. I wanted to end big. Yeah, that's cool. That 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 would be really cool. And yeah, like suicide. I mean, that's that can obviously be. They could do that really kind of big as well in an acoustic way. Yeah, I think um, with him kind of belting out at the end and kind of going, and who knows, it could end with a nice hanging kind of uh, Kurt Cobain esque type thing and. Mm. something you can i think that would be a real that's got to be the closer in my mind like i'm really really set on the the day i tried to live to start black hole right in the middle and then like suicide and then kind of fit some bad motor fingers in the middle um yeah and uh yeah i think seven songs wouldn't be enough but it's a really i mean both these set lists are just jam-packed with so much stuff and yeah um we talk we talk in hypotheticals a lot but the, the the sound garden unplugged is at the top of the list. I mean, this would be special, you know what I mean? Yeah, this would be so special. And I think 94, 95 would have been the perfect time for it because obviously from super unknown to down on the upside, they made the conscious choice to include a lot more acoustically driven songs. I mean, you think about like mm-hmm. the burden in my hands of the world. Um, so I think in an alternate reality, maybe they play unplugged in 94, early 95. And, and that experience kind of inspires them to do more with acoustic guitars uh, later on. And, and, and it would have fit perfectly as kind of a, a teaser of, of a lot of the sounds that you would hear on Down on the Upside when that album would come out a couple of years later. So I think the timing makes sense. Um, and I mean, Soundgarden, they were top of the world, you know, in, in the afternoon. Curveball, though. Anyway. What if, you know, if they were doing this, what if, what if Chris had like already written up you know, a demo for blow up the outside world or something like that. And he, and yeah. he come in and play that something that wouldn't come out for two years later. Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> that, and, that, would and that wouldn't have been unprecedented. Stone temple pilots did that. I think big empty was debuted at, uh, at unplugged because uh, purple had not been released yet. Um, and they played yeah. it. They're like, you know, this is a new one off of our next album. It's called big empty. Um, so, so what, I, would you, that, what would you, what would you, Sorry, what would you pick from down on the upside if you had to oh, throw man, one in that, there? Oh, <laughs> had to throw one, one extra song in. If I had I'm, to choose from down on the upside, Ty Cobb, um, right? <laughs> imagine Ty Cobb. I was gonna say, or never the machine forever. The uh, <laughs> the the slightly less known entity that we discussed, uh, the the Kim Thiel version. Um, oh yeah. Oh man, I I think honestly, if, if, if I had to pick one, it might be Overfloater. Oh. Yeah, overfloater really? would be sick. Overfloater yeah. would be sick. Yeah, I would. I would love some overfloater. Um, you know, it's a little bit of a longer song, so they could kind of extend it out a little bit, like they like to do. Um, yeah, yeah, I think pretty news would be pretty cool acoustic. Yeah, the only um, other thing where I would want to go just to include a cover, and we talked about this when we did the Down on the Upside album review, but when they would play Boot Camp, they would oftentimes lead into it with a version of Helter Skelter by the Beatles. Um, and that is probably, it might be my favorite cover uh, of any of like the big grunge bands, to be honest with you, the, their cover of Helter Skelter and, and the way it would lead into Boot Camp. So um, that is one, you know, if I could get a two for one job right there, that would be really, really cool. I thought about trying to combine two songs and, and cheat a little bit, but yeah. I, didn't, I decided, decided not to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard sometimes. Yeah. 
yeah. that's good luckily i mean there's a ton of acoustic stuff from um chris and and whatnot so we did get to hear um you know a good amount of these songs but not everyone so that's okay though. yeah yeah like it is that. absolutely okay yeah um we're gonna have awesome. to post uh we're gonna have to post both of our set lists side by side and let the people vote uh, uh, we, we we did that before when we did like the dream grunge set list and uh i was like this is ethan's this is mine like take like vote which, which one would you rather hear and and you want you got like 70 percent of the vote like you like your list kicked my ass so i'm coming for retribution i gotta even up the score here a little bit i love that i i, I would <laughs> i would love to see those lists again that was a while ago i feel that was that, i think summer? we did that in 2021 uh, actually really? it was a long it was a long time ago it was at least a year ago so yeah, we're good for wow. we're, we're good we're good for one Woodstock episode a year, and we're good for one hypothetical set list episode a year. <laughs> oh yeah, we're good for a lot a lot of episodes in that year. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> That's the thing we, we really don't take are. breaks. You have to revisit revisit <clears throat> different areas at different times. So yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So if you guys are listening and you have your own set list and maybe soundcard un- unplugged set it'd list, be a uh, fun project maybe maybe over on the patreon or somewhere we can kind of have a little little comment discussion here like build your own soundgarden unplugged set list mm-hmm. yeah see what see what some people would come up with and because i'm sure they would give out some nice uh thoughtful responses and then whatnot so um 100%. and it's fun it's fun to think about this stuff of course yeah it sure is speaking of theoretical bands and set lists <laughs> We have the truck fighters to talk now. Uh, Chris, you had an experience for uh, this past weekend where you opened up for the Queens of the Stone Age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. My God, did I ever. So uh, uh, last week's episode, the Woodstock episode that we did, I, I forget at which point, but I mentioned um, that I was going to see Queens of the Stone Age for the first time. And like Ethan, like for in so many different ways, the stars aligned and I had one of the better live music experiences that I've honestly ever had. Um, and I, I'd love yeah. to talk about it a little bit. So as I mentioned, um, I've never gotten into Queens of the Stone Age. Like I've I've had so many people whose music tastes and music knowledge I respect and really admire, um, like get on me and be like, Hey, you, you got to listen to Queens of the stone age. I mean, so many people, um, I always think about, like, I remember way back in the day when we first met Amanda from Bexley, she was like, Queens of the stone age are the best. Like you gotta, you gotta listen to more of them. Um, and then obviously when we met Eric Lederman a couple of years ago, I mean, they're one of, if not his most favorite bands. And he's like, Queens, like, he's like, I see him all the time. Like you, you gotta see him. Um, mm-hmm. so finally the stars align a couple of my friends who are really big into Queens of the stone age. One of them, my buddy Tom has seen them uh, at least a few times and they, they announced their tour. Um, and they were playing in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And my, my friend Tom was like, Hey, like Queens, they're playing in August in Connecticut. Like, like I'm buying tickets today. Let me know if you want in. And and three of us were like, yeah, like I'm in. So he was in. And then my other two friends were like, immediately I'm in. And I was like, well, like, you know, I, I gotta get, I gotta get in on this a little bit. So how, I decided. How far in advance did you buy them? Oh gosh, we bought them. I think we bought them in April, March or April. Like when, when the tour okay. was announced, when the tickets went on sale, we bought them. So it was a while ago. Um, it was, it was long funny because you hadn't talked about it very much. Like it's one no, because tell, it, it's yeah. these, this one snuck up and we usually talk about yes. you know what's on the docket. Yeah. It was one of those things where you buy a ticket and then enough happens just in the day-to-day life and you're going to other shows. So you kind of forget that you have tickets for it. And last month, like a month before the show, like we were, we text one another like, Hey, like it's a month away. And I was like, Oh shit. Like I forgot, I forgot I have tickets for that. Um, and then case in point, a couple of weeks before the show, like a week and a half or two weeks before I was like, Oh shit. Like I forgot, like I'm going to this thing. And I, I had, I had the desire. I was like, I I made the point. I was like, all right, like I'm going to do my homework. I'm going to listen to some Queens, uh, beforehand, get acquainted and go. And then I got like, I got like four or five days out from the show. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to listen. I don't know much of their stuff. I obviously know the hits. Um, and me being the big Mark Lanigan fan that I am, I was familiar with a lot of the songs that he did with them. Um, but I, I couldn't tell you like their albums chronologically. I couldn't tell you a lot of like, Oh, this song is on this album. Like I'm not a connoisseur of theirs. And I, I, I wasn't a fan. Um, not that I didn't like their music, but I just hadn't taken the time. Um, so I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to go in and like, have this be my first real experience spending an hour and a half, two hours straight with their music. Like I've never done that before. Now is going to be the time. So, so we went and we got there 
Um, and I was like, I, this is going to be like a, this is going to be a special one. Like I'm with uh, some of my really good friends who are really passionate about the music that we're going to see. Um, and also, you know, we get there, uh, before the, um, and I think, I think the, the first opener was on and the second one was coming on, but like, we didn't want to go down to the opener. Like we were like, we want to like, we want the queen set to be like the main thing. This is going to be the main event. Like we wanted, you know, to kind of open ourselves up and go through that door and, and be there in an enlightened sense for, for the queen set. So we're, we're killing time, having some beers. Uh, and I text, uh, I text Eric Lederman and I'm like, Hey Eric, like I'm seeing Queens for the first time tonight, like thinking of you. Um, and, he, <laughs> and he sends me a picture of a Queens of the stone age poster. And I was like, Oh yeah, there it is. Like, cause I just, I just assumed that, um, you know, he just sent me a right, picture just of a making, Queens post. Yeah. Just, you know, responding, yeah. you know, with, with a photo. I was like, all right, like, that's cool. And then he texts me. I was like, there it is. And he's like, where are you? I was like, well, I'm in Bridgeport. That's where they're playing tonight. He's like, it's like, no, you idiot. Like I know they're in Bridgeport. I'm here too. Where are you? I'm like, oh shit. And like, I told my friends, like my friends didn't, one of my, two, a couple of my friends know that I think they all know that like grunge Bible's a thing, but one of them didn't know the podcast was a thing. And I don't think any of them listened. So the amount of time that I had to be like, Hey, there's this guy that I need to go see. Like he's been on a podcast that I'm now telling you that I have a couple of times. And he's like, he's a producer for late night Seth Myers, but he's also like, like heavy into the world of drumming and music. And like, he's here, I got to go see him. And like, I didn't do a good job of articulating it. I was like, guys, like there's a guy that I have to go see, like come with. Um, so like, like we walked down and like, we found Eric and like, it was, it was absolutely awesome. It was like 20 minutes before yeah. Queens started. Um, you know, got to, got to, got to meet up with Eric a little bit, chat with him, you know, kind of discuss some of like my thoughts going into the show. And I was like, Hey man, like, I was like, if I could hear, like we were talking about Queens and he's like, I'm telling you, like, you guys gotta, like, you gotta get into it. Like you and Ethan have to do your homework. Uh, like, because like, I sh like, we should do a Queens episode, but you guys have to be ready for it. And I was like, well, I was like, I, don't, I, I just don't know what to expect, you know? And he's like, all right, well, what's your favorite song? I was like, my favorite song is, is gotta be in the fade. Like if they played that tonight, like I would, I'd lose my shit. Like that's my favorite song. Lanigan did vocals on it back for rated R, I think in 03. I was like, I'd love to hear that tonight. And he's like, Oh, like you stand a good chance. Like they just played it the, the previous show for the first time all tour. Um, I was like, that's the one that I want to hear. So, uh, we had pit tickets. So we went into the pit and, um, Eric was watching from the side of the stage. Um, so we're down there, like I'm texting a little bit with Eric and when, dude, when Queens came on, um, like, I'll tell you, like, I, like I said, I'd put myself in that situation and in and, and that mindset. And I'd kind of like try to open myself up as best I could. Ethan, I was blown away by Queens of the stone age. Like I fell in love with them. I absolutely yeah. fell in love with them. They opened up with no one knows. And, and it was really cool too, because like they opened up with a song that I knew. So I was like, all right, like, yeah. like, I, like it was I'm an in. easy entry point. I was yeah. like, I'm in, like, I know this song. Like I know like the changes in the song. I know the beat. I can kind of get moving to it a little bit. Um, and they played for like, uh, I don't know, like an hour and a half hour, 45 minutes. And, and I didn't know many of the songs, honestly, because like I said, I don't know Queens, but I was just in awe of everything that was going on on the stage, dude. Like, just masterclass. Yeah, just absolute masterclass uh, class of musicianship. I mean, Josh Homme is is John. is pretty incredible. And I've I've come around John on Theodore Josh. On the drums. Yeah, John Theodore on the drums, dude. Dude, he was he was absolutely remarkable. And they just like it's so strange too because for me talking about like this was like one of the best experiences I had. And for everybody in the band it's like, all right, like this is just like the it's like the second of six shows we're going to play this week. It's in Bridgeport. Like we've done this hundreds of times, like, and it's always fascinating to me. Like they don't mail it in, you know, like they come guns yeah. blazing and dude, it was, it was such a tight set. It was such a loud set. It was moving. It was really loud, really loud. Yeah. And it was and, and being in the pit was absolutely perfect. I was, with, I was with my guys. Like, we, you know, we were all into it. Um, and I was texting Eric like back and forth and he's like, he's like, he's like, be careful. He's like, obsession is imminent. Cause I was like, dude, like, <laughs> like I text, I text him like, like 30 minutes in the show. I'm like, Eric, like, I think I'm in like, I like, I think I get it. He's like, be careful. Um, and then they just, they keep on going. I mean, and for me, the pinnacle of it. So they played 17 songs, but the 14th one, um, they had played little sister for, for the 13th song. And they took a little bit, you know, kind of like a natural break where they weren't going song right into a song. They kind of stepped back from the mic a little bit. Um, and then Josh is like, you know, he's like, you know, there was, there was a man named Mark Lanigan and like, dude, I, 
my eyes welled up. I was like, I know what's coming. Like, I know they're going to play in the face. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like this man named Mark Lanigan, you know, he's not with us anymore. Like he sang on this song. This one's for him. This is in the fade. And like my he friend, my, my buddy, Tom, who like knows how important Mark Lanigan is to me. Like, like he was like, cause I was telling them before, I was like, I, I want to hear in the fade. Um, and it started to play and like Tom puts his arm around me and I'm like, I'm, I'm starting to, I'm starting to cry a little bit, which I haven't cried at a show since, since I saw Pearl Jam with you for the first time when they opened with the release, I was not, ex I wasn't ready for it, dude. And like, it was just like, it was also the first time in my life that I saw somebody who had a direct connection to Mark Lanigan and actually reference him. So like, that was really special for me and to play, you know, my favorite song of that bands that he sang on. Um, it was, it was just a lot to handle. So like they play that song and like, like I'm like wiping the, <laughs> wiping the tears from my eyes oh, yeah. and like the song ends and like, I'm just like standing there like, Oh my God, that was absolutely amazing. My friend Tom puts his arm around me again. Like we like do like the bro hug thing. And then he starts like, he like takes my shoulders and like turns me to my right. I'm, and like, I'm, I'm right. I'm like looking at the stage. I'm like, Tom, why are you turning me away from the stage? He's like, no, he's like, look, he's like, turn around. <laughs> I turn around and like, I'm on like, like my sensory, everything is like kind of like overloaded at this point, just because of that, right. that moment. I wasn't ready for it. He turns me around and standing behind, <laughs> standing behind me is Eric Lederman. Eric came down for the, like for the last little bit of the set. And by happenstance, he found where we were standing um, and like he had known, I had told him that in the fade was the one I wanted to hear. So like, I, I, like, I see him, like, like we like bro hug or whatever. And, I'm, and like, I, I, I begin to attempt to talk to him and explain like how I'm feeling. And he's like, no, he's like, turn around. He's like, go back in. <laughs> he was like, he was like, now's not the time to talk. He's like, get right back into the music. Um, and I did. And, and I thank him for that. Um, because they ended, they did in the fade. They did God is in the radio, go with the flow, and then a song for the dead, which I guess they close with every time, but I didn't know that. Um, so I think after God is in the radio, like I like I, I went back to stand next to Eric um, and he was like, do you know what's coming? I was like, N no, I, I, I don't know this band that well. I've never seen them before. He's like, he's like, they they close all the time with a song for the dead. And he's like, it's going to take your balls away from you. <laughs> That was a quote. He was like, it's going to take your balls. And I was like, all right, well, I'm ready. Like Bridgeport, Connecticut, I'm going to lose my balls. Um, and my God, it was unbelievable. Exactly. Yeah. The song is just like, it's, it's just like a full on sensory assault. It's so loud. It's so heavy. The lights are going nuts. Like the, just everything was just absolutely unbelievable. And <laughs> like, I'm standing there and like, Eric's like, he's like, he's like drumming on my back to the song. And I'm just like, dude, this is absolutely amazing. And then like, they, it I was just one picture, of those, yeah. Oh, uh, this, I can just picture like Eric hearing, uh, hearing the song start and like running to find you be like, hey, yeah. And like, I, I haven't, I haven't had the chance to discuss with him, like why he came down or like how he found us or what his intentions were. But like, I like, <laughs> I'd like to think that's why he came down, but yeah. my gosh, it was one of those moments. Like and that song has a lot of like false endings where like, if you don't know the song super well, like you think it's over, like they stop. And then like, like John just like drumming, like very, very quietly. And then it opens up again. So like a couple of those times it happened and it was one of those moments where by the end, like you're just standing there with your arms at your side, just like staring at what just happened in front of you. And it was, it was, like I said, it was one of the most unbelievable experiences watching live music that I've had in a long time. Um, and I'm in, like, I, I'm a Queens of the Stone Age guy. Like I'm diving in, I'm starting from the bottom. I'm starting from the beginning with the self-titled album. Like Eric told me to, I was like, Eric, like you, you got it. Like, where do I start? And he's like, self-titled. He's like, work your way through. Um, he's like, and, and I'll check in with him once I've made some progress, but it was, it was just unbelievable, Ethan. Like, I'm so happy that I went and it was one of those moments where I didn't know what to expect and I wasn't super passionate about it. For me, I was honestly, I was most excited to like go to a show with my friends and hang out with my friends. Like we got a hotel, we were staying over, like we went out for drinks afterwards. Like it was a fun night. Um, and it turned into something much more than that, which was, I mean, that's, this is why we're music fans, Ethan. This is why we go to shows. That is, that is exactly yeah. why you go out and you see shows. Um, and, and you don't wait, um, you know, because who's to say Queens of Stone Age have been a thing for a long time. Um, and they're still at the top of their game. Um, and this is, this is why you do it. And I'm so happy that I did it. Um, and, and I think when we talked the day after, like you could probably hear it in my voice, like how, how awesome it was. And you guys, you, you all can probably yeah. hear it now. Like it was, it was unreal. 
Oh yeah. General excitement just in yeah. uh, every breath or er- everything you say. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Uh, you love, like you said, you go there just with one uh, expectation and then you get kind of blown away and you're like, mm-hmm. just really kind of uh, overwhelmed with it all is such I a good was so overwhelmed. I was so completely yeah. overwhelmed. Um, and some bands do that. Some bands underwhelm you and they're very, mm-hmm. it's very upsetting. And then sometimes like when it hit, when, it, when a concert hits, right, it is so, yeah. There's, it's it's a drug, you know. It's well, so and, and, and yeah, and and that's that is that is the the biggest testament that you could ever give to a band because for me, I'm walking away from it telling everybody I know who likes music, like, holy shit, wait until I tell you about this experience that I had at the right, Queen podcast, show on Monday. You know? Yeah, and for them, it's just a random gig in the summer, you know, on on the next tour that they're doing. It's Bridgeport, Connecticut. They're just stopping through, and 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 for them to be able to just stop through in a city and just blow me away like that. Um, yeah. speaks to the power that they have and, and the talent that they have and the ability that they have to create an environment, uh, an environment of sound and an environment of emotion. Um, and oh. it was, I'll never forget it, dude. I, like, I, I won't forget it. How was the uh, crowd? How was everybody in the area? Were they really <laughs> big fans? Were they singing along? Yeah, the, 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 the pit was really cool. And Ethan, I have to tell you, I was so locked in. I don't know. Like I didn't take one picture. I didn't take one video. Like I didn't yeah. do anything. I was just standing there watching and listening. Um, so I didn't turn around and see like if it was sold out or what the people were doing. Like it was, I was in like my own pod and like every like 10 or 15 minutes, like I would look around like at my friends who are on either side of me and like they were doing the same thing. It was ridiculous. Like it was really special, really, really special. That's great. That's why you go to concerts, man. That's why, that's why you keep buying tickets, you know, cause yeah. you know, sometimes they hit. And then I remember, uh, you know, like at the, the Foo Fighters, the tribute show, um, mm-hmm. I remember, you know, we, we had the moment where we put the hands around each other. I, that was yeah. that definitely the last concert that I, I, I cried at, I'm sure. Yeah. And, and it was like, uh, that experience that like, you know, it went for so long, but you just wanted to go longer, you know, you just mm-hmm. like still not enough, so, you know, five, four hour, four hour, five, yeah. I don't know. Um, so I'm sure it was the same. We we're just like, I could do this all night. Like I yes. understand why, you know, yeah. people play for six hours. Yeah. And like so many things just lined up. Like, like one, they had the show. Number two, I got to go with my friends. Number three, Eric was there. Number four, they played the one song I wanted them to play. Uh, number five, they finished playing that song. I turn around and Eric's behind me. Like, like all of these different people and, and, and things that went on, like are forever tied together in my experience at that show. Um, it was really special. And honestly, like, you know, if they ever come through again, like I'm, I'm going to see them. Yeah. Like they, like in, in one they night won. they transformed. They, they them. Yeah. In one night they transformed to like one of those bands that like, Hey, if they're in town or if they're close to town, I'm buying tickets. Um, and, awesome. and I'm going to do that. Yeah. It was awesome. I wish you were there, yeah. man. It would have been, it would have been sick. I know. Now I see. Make me really want to see the Queens. Yeah. 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 Queens of Stone Age. What a good name. What a good band name too. Dude, what a good band. And it's funny. Cause like I was a Caius fan for like, I've been a Caius fan for a little while, like, like more of like stoner rock type stuff. Um, but I never, I never really gave much listening no, to Queens. No. And now dude, like, yeah. I mean, that's oh, how man. I am too. And it's just kind of the band that, um, uh, slips through the cracks listen to some other guys you know if i wanted to mm-hmm. listen to that i'd listen to more foo fighters or something and so i'm i'm excited to go back and check them out now too or at least check out the, you know the set list and stuff right on good dude. stuff right? and, that, and that's the that's the uh the anecdotes that i think people like to hear you know yeah free free exposure for the band too i mean we haven't done an episode <laughs> they on definitely yet, need so. it yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly so I know, I know I think at stuff. the top of the episode, we said that we were going to discuss it first, but I'm glad now that we saved it for the end. This is a good oh, note yeah. to end on. Yes, it's perfect. Perfect note to end on. The only thing better would be songs of the week. Well, we <laughs> have to end on songs of the week. So uh, if you're still yeah. listening, uh, thank you for sharing this last little bit of time with us. Uh, you know, we are very grateful for your time uh, and any support that you might offer, whether it be uh, supporting us financially or just sharing us with a friend. Um, I think that's, you know, that's really important too. So maybe the challenge of the week, if, 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 if you're out there and you, you got some buddies out there, some friends who love grunge or who just love music, uh, you know, maybe take that leap and be like, Hey man, like I got this podcast I've been listening to. It's, it's not too bad. You should check it out. Um, so, uh, thank you in advance for doing that. And let's, let's grow this thing a little bit and keep sharing in these moments. So, um, yes. yeah, without, you know, 
without without everybody else out there, you know, we're not here doing this. So uh, we're very very thankful for it. But um, like you said, Ethan, what do you say we uh, we we leave everybody with a couple of song suggestions? Yeah, I'm totally ready for it. <laughs> awesome. You um, wanna go first? Are are you that ready? I am that ready. Yeah, I had a awesome. um, I had a really good um, when we were in Palinga, Lithuania. We had went to dinner one night. And we came back and you know figuring out what to do. So we I was hanging out with some of the other jab throwers. We started in Tom and we were, we put on some javelin videos. But then we moved over to YouTube, like you know music videos and Ethan Dabs would put on some some videos that he enjoyed you know watching. So I went into the, I, I, I was like, you know, we're, we're playing, we're playing my game here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right like, in the oh, wheelhouse. <laughs> uh, it's like, Oh, you want to watch some old, old music videos, some old concert videos. All right. <laughs> Boy, do I have some <laughs> for you? <laughs> I got, I got some good ones, man. And, um, and he was, he, you know, I actually took a nap the day before and he had, I heard some, he was playing some unplugged from, uh, Pearl Jam and, and, uh, actually playing, uh, Chris Cornell's cover of nothing compares. And, oh yeah, and he was saying how he's like Chris Cornell was one of the best, you know, I think the best voice ever. You know, he's like t- telling us that, telling me this. I'm like, oh yeah, I know, man. I, trust me, I know. <laughs> Preaching to the choir. And, uh, yeah, I was like, you don't need to tell me. He's like, have you ever seen this video? And I was like, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've, I've seen, seen it. it a few times. Yeah, yeah. So I went to uh, I went to pick out some songs and and one of my favorite live performance uh, music videos is from Gwen Stefani of No Doubt singing Just a Girl uh, live in Tragic Kingdom. It's one of our favorite ones to uh, post. And to put it on, and it's about, oh yeah, it's about seven minutes, and um, it mesmerized us, Chris. I I knew what was coming. I was like, yeah, this has it all. Like, you get the the spunk, the crowd is is totally into it. She's controlling the crowd. The band is totally into it. Talk about being able to hold the crowd in the palm of your hand seven like seven minutes they did the up and down i mean they like hung out like it was their suspense i mean it really was a perfect performance of the song yeah. and like i said i'm watching it with my coach tom and and ethan specifically those two like it's like every minute that was goes by like this is so good like i, I didn't like she is just on top of the world right now and um it's just so cool when you watch back some the live performances and you can think that big like, man this is one where like I would love to be like I was there. I mean, it just would be so cool to be have been at that um, that theater and like being able to watch it. So, right, um, I'm going to put that on uh, for the list. So, just a girl nice. by uh, No Doubt because awesome. Gwen just killed it and it's just so good. And I'll see if there's yeah. a live version on the old Spotify. But yeah, it's got to be man, something. it's so good. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. Well, is it my turn now. I was say, Chris, that means that you're the last, you're the last, you're the yeah. uh, cleanup hitter or you're bad knife, whichever way. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll bring us home here. So, um, much to my, the second lead off. Yeah, exactly. I set the table for the table setter. Um, much <laughs> to my surprise, Ethan, uh, in the fade is already a song of the week. Um, very early yeah, on. Wow. So I can't choose it. Um, so I'm going to choose a song for the dead. Uh, by Queens nice. of the Stone Age. Um, I I just talked about it, so I don't really have anything else to say about it. So it's a good um, one ended. I hear they end it end the their concerts every time with this. So yeah. so we'll end the podcast episode with it. So song for the dead. Um, yeah, I mean you you gotta you watch the live. Yeah, it's a really great. There's a great live version on YouTube. It's not on Spotify. Of, I think from like O two or O three with Grohl on drums and Lanigan was still with the band singing on this one, and it's pretty fucking rad um so Hell yeah that's what we're gonna go with so i think that just about probably does it for another episode of the grunge bible podcast episode 125 is uh in the books and we're putting a bow on it and sending it out into the world 125 chris crazy i remember back in the day we we're like wow 17 like that's a lot of podcast episodes we episode like, 25 quarter of 100 yeah now we're at 125 and show goes on show goes on yep so thank you again everybody for checking in listening um please come back next week and please listen to some awesome rock and roll this week maybe some grunge maybe some not so grunge doesn't matter whatever Uh, you want good music listen to your music because music is uh good for the soul absolutely all right everyone rock and roll
See you guys next Rock week. Rock and roll. See you all later. Oh, there's Lederman. Lederman. Yeah, the only, the only picture of the night. The only That's photo the of the night. night. <laughs>